Hey everybody, this is the Two Old Farts coming at you. My name is Chuck. I'm looking on the better look of the Two Old Farts. See, I'm shaking your head. Yeah, I'm shaking my head. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good, good conversation piece to get it started, right? <laughs> yeah, you definitely old, don't suffer from shyness, do you? And the old versus the, the young good-looking studs here. What's that? What well, I don't know about that? young. I guess young compared that to you. Drink, what's that you're drinking? Coors Light. Oh, Why? I bought I bought some uh, Groslick. Groslick. The other day I hadn't had it in a long time. Comes in a, a green bottle. It's, it's made over in Europe someplace. It's called Grosch. Okay, and it has that cap on it where you can flip it off. And, yeah. Yeah. Pretty good stuff. I can always count on you to murder the the English language. <laughs> well, you're talking to somebody from Alabama now. You lived yeah. out in the country, so I lived in Alabama for six years. But you didn't live out in the country. You didn't grow up like I did. Goodness, always an excuse, everybody. <laughs> well, tell me about those concerts you went to last week. Did I go to a concert last oh. week? All right. I don't think so. We already talked about um, Elvis Costello. Yeah, we did. That's, that was two weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, we got the Super Bowl coming up. Who are you going to root for? Your 49ers? Uh, you know who I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for my 49ers. Yeah, I, I like them, but I, I think I'm going to have to go with the Chiefs this time. And, and let me tell you something. Your, your favorite player, Joe Montana, Mm-hmm. He, even, he even agrees with this. I'm going to give you the list of the top 10. Now, this is probably controversial. Top 10 quarterbacks who've won Super Bowls. Okay. Jim Plunkett has two. That is correct. And you know what? He is not in the Hall of Fame. Nope. Bart Starr has two. He is in the Hall of Fame. Bob Greasy has two. And he's in the Hall of Fame. Eli Manning has two. Sure does. Roger Staubach has two. Yes, sir. Ben Roslinberger has two. Or Roethlisberger. Troy Aikman has three. Yes, he does. Terry Bradshaw has four. Yes, sir. John Elway has two. Mm-hmm. Peyton Manning has two. Then your favorite, Joe Montana, has four. And who's the GOAT? Tom Brady. With Tom seven. Brady. Yeah. Did, did you mention Brett Favre? Nope. Those are the top ten that had the Doesn't most. Doesn't he have two, or does he only have had, one? Well, he only has one, but this, this okay. is just two or more, okay? I thought that was pretty interesting. Who Who is considered one of the best quarterbacks of all time who never won a Super Bowl. Oh, uh, that's easy. That's Dan Marino. Dan Marino. Even Joe Montana says, he, in his opinion, he is the greatest of all time of the quarterbacks. And that, that, yeah, he he was slinging the ball long before oh, yeah. slinging the ball became the thing. Yeah. And what two teams did you play on when we were in Japan that their teams 
the team names actually won Super Bowls. The Chiefs and Chiefs? the Dolphins. Dolphins. There you go. And, and I remember, and I was young, I was, what, nine? Yeah. I played for the Dolphins, I think. Yep. You had that. written to uh, Coach Shula, and he, I guess, wrote back to you, and he sent a whole bunch of stickers and paraphernalia, oh, yeah. all kinds of swag, if you will, from the Dolphins. He sent that well, to you. That, that tells you what kind of coach he is. He's a, a great person, and, you know, because usually stuff like that, that's just kind of falls by the wayside and everything, but he personally sent a letter, and, you know, we – we gave that out to to all you kids and stuff. So I thought that was pretty great. Yes, sir. So which team has which team has the most consecutive appearances? Oh, that's easy. Also, that would be um, the Bills. The Bills with four. And the Vikings. Nope. Consecutive. The As Dolphins. In- the Dolphins and the Patriots are the only other teams who have at least three consecutive appearances. Now, there's some with two, but the Bills have four. The Dolphins have three, and the Patriots have three. Consecutive. Consecutive. Cowboys have, have, Cowboys have a back-to-back, don't they? Who? The Cowboys. They went back-to-back one year, and the 49ers, I think, went back-to-back one year. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of them with two, you know, stuff like that. The Green Bay Packers have twice Super Bowls, one and two, then uh, 31 and 32. Cal- Cowboys three times, five and six, uh, 12 and 13, 27 and 28. The Dolphins and six, seven and eight. Vikings are eight and nine. Pittsburgh Steelers won twice with nine and 10. Then 13 and 14. Then the Redskins have won it twice with what, uh, 17 and 18. Broncos twice with, with 21 and 22. Then uh, 32 and 33. Uh, okay. 49ers, uh, 23 and then uh, 24. And the Bills, four times. But these are appearances, okay? Correct, yeah. Bills in uh, 25, 26, 27, and 28. Patriots appeared twice at two different times in uh, 30, 30, 38, 39, then in 51, 52, and 53. Seahawks twice, the Chiefs twice, uh, and stuff like that. I thought that was pretty good. Okay. So. For all those people who love this, who love to watch Super Bowl and, and a little history, so so who, who's who's tied with the most wins, Super Bowl wins? Patriots and Steelers. Yep, are tied with six each. Six. The Cowboys and 49ers are right behind. Are tied with five, five. Five each. And there's 15 franchises that have multiple Super Bowl wins, but there are 12 teams. That have never won the Super Bowl. And I think there's three that have never been to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't I don't, I don't get that one, but the Cardinals. Yeah, Falcons, there's three teams that have never been to a Super Bowl. Yeah. And who's the oldest NFL team? Is it the Bears? Nope. 
the Browns. The Cardinals are the oldest continuously run professional football franchise in the United States, followed with the Chicago Bears, or the only NFL charter member franchise still in operation. Actually, it's not three. It's four teams that have never made an appearance. That's the Browns, the Lions, the Texans, and the Jaguars. Yeah. I was rooting for the Lions. Nothing other than how they have turned the program around and what they've done and how they competed this year. And, and I can see that. And, you know, as, as a fan of football, you know, there was a small part of me that was kind of hope was if the 49ers had lost, I would not have been upset that the, it would be the lions going, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I would, I would have been okay with that. Because they had never been, and like you said, they've they completely turned their season around. They couldn't. They've turned everything around on that team, really. Yes, they, they did. Talk about yeah. a culture of losing, and they've had great talent, and it has left all always. It leaves. Barry and, Sanders, probably one of the greatest running backs of all time, just walked away. Yes. Uh, the wide receiver, I can't remember his name. Uh, everybody called him Megatron. He left. I don't know how many years that great quarterback that came out of Georgia that played up in in, uh, in Detroit. He went to California, the Rams, and right. and they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, like in his first year there. So I mean, that just tells you, you know, they've had talent. They just can't seem to. Maintain it, if you will. Yeah, it's funny. You're talking about the quarterback went to the 49ers, and their quarterback went to the Lions, Jeff Goff. And, and, what, and what they – and just how those two players changing teams and have made a difference in those two teams. But I think it also speaks to the coaching, not just the head coach, but the position coaches, the coordinators. That – can make all the difference in the world turning around a quarterback. Alex Smith was highly recruited out of college going into the NFL. He went to the 49ers, and he, on paper, looked like a bust. Mm -hmm. But when you dig down further into it, you saw that he changed either a head coach or an offensive coordinator every year for the first four or five years of his career. Oh, yeah, it makes a big difference. Uh, Absolutely it does. I mean, and it destroys your confidence. And and credit to Jim Harbaugh, when he came in as the head coach, he told he told that, that quarterback, he's like, look, man, three and out is your friend. Don't feel like you have to make a play every play and everything has to be a first down. If it ain't there, throw it out of bounds, punt, and we'll get the ball back later, and we'll do something the next time. Exactly. And it completely changed everything. Yeah. But I think the damage was done with him career-wise because then from there on, he was forever known as like a dink and dunk quarterback. Two, three yards here. Boom, 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 boom. He would yeah. never really go deep. And I think it was because he was so gun-shy. That's well, going to be interesting to see how he does this time around, right? Which team did he um, But get? he's not the starter. Bob Purdy is the quarterback. Yeah. Brock Purdy. Yeah, and I like the 49ers, and I like John Lynch. I, I really like him. He's the, uh, what, the operation GM. man? 
I'm not sure what he's is general manager. General manager. I, I like yeah. what he's done with that program. Uh, he's what I he I think it should be done. You don't see him or you don't hear about him talking about players or anything like that. He leaves that to the coaches. Exactly. Yeah, you know, and, and you shouldn't see or hear an owner. Exactly. You know, and I, I think that's one of the issues with the Cowboys. Uh, oh, 100% that's the issue with the Cowboys. I was glad to see Dan Quinn get his opportunity again. To, uh, as he's going to be a head coach again. So, But speaking but, of coaches, guess who might not be staying at Alabama? Yeah, the, uh, the, the offensive coordinator. coordinator. Yeah, he, who we still have not officially assigned yet. Yep, yeah, he may be going to what to Seattle to the yep. Seahawks because that's he keeps correct. Me, right? I don't know if he did or did not. I, I thought he, I thought he came from Seattle to uh, Washington State. He he could have. I haven't read that much. But it just says that he's been considered. Now, I don't know if he's maybe, because he hasn't signed with Alabama yet. Maybe he's using this, his agent is using this to maybe get his salary increased. I don't know. That I, I, I hope that's what it is. Because I think it ain't just about Kalen DeBoer, as most true fans of college football know. It's not just the coach. It's who they bring with them. Absolutely that makes them great. Absolutely. Just like it ain't just the quarterback that makes the team great. It's everybody. It's an ensemble cast of characters. Yes, you're absolutely right. It's the talent that you have on there and how that talent can come. Now, that's up to the coach or the the person in charge of how to use that talent. But if you use it wisely and you have the talent, you're going to be a winner. It's about people and it's about culture. And, and you yep. hear it all the time and it be, can become like a cliche or, a you know, a, a punching bag because it just sounds like I can't think of the term that I'm trying to come up with. But it really is about people and culture. And when you have a culture that people want to be at, it brings out the best in everybody and it breaks out, brings out the competition. And competition is a healthy, good thing. Absolutely. Competition is good when it's healthy. Uh, you know, me you. competing against you, it's not about me being better than you. It's the fact that I view you as a competitor and as an equal, or maybe you're better than me and I'm trying to get better than you. And that's how you get better, by playing against people that are better than you. Exactly. Yeah, you know, and and you look at all the the great quarterbacks and the great players. It's all about how they play together as a team because that's how they win. You know, one person don't win. It takes all of it, and not just the twenty two that plays on offense defense. It takes the whole because you got to have that practice squad. And, Absolutely. And if that practice squad can't put you in a position that you're going to be in on. on Saturday or Sunday or whenever you play, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be tough. But you also got to put in the work, not just yes. in the practice or in the weight room, but in the film room. You got to watch your film. 
no matter what sport you're competing against in a team sport or an individual sport, you have to know what the tendencies are of your opponent. Absolutely. And, and you know, that, I, I'm feeling really confident about with uh, Coach Saban retiring, and I'm, I'm excited for him and Miss Terry and what, they, what their life holds for him. But I'm excited for Alabama football. I, I really see a lot between Frank Thomas and, and those guys and uh, Wallace Wade. Uh, what I see with Coach DeBoer and how he's handling things and, and this transfer portal and stuff starting to settle down a little bit. You get some people just recommitting or pull themselves out of it and out of the transfer process. And, but you're also hearing about some of these players not going to Alabama or not going other places because the NIL money isn't quite there. And to me, the NIL has become what was always prevalent in the big-time programs with the boosters, how the boosters would do things under the table for these kids. So now all they've done is just taken what the boosters used to do out of the closet and, and shown a light on it. So now there's nothing wrong with the booster giving these kids, you know, an advertising gig and paying them however much money they want to pay them. Right. And that, I was reading this morning. I didn't read the article, but I, I got to go back. There's um, two states that are suing the uh, NCAA over the NIL deal. I didn't really get a chance to read it and see what it, but I think Tennessee and um, I forgot who the other state was now that's saying that, that and of course, NCAA said if, if those two states win, it's going to ruin the NIL and all those kind of things. So I'm going to have to go back and take a look at it. Well, I think there needs to be caps on, on certain things. There's There's caps in football salaries. There's caps on rookie salaries. Because they were getting so outrageous, but yet, you know, so these rookies coming in, if you know, you're the top five, you get, you know, all this cash, and you don't have to produce because it's all guaranteed. Then, then the NFL finally, under pressure from the owners, are like, "Look, man, we got to set a, a ceiling on this thing because we're shelling out a lot of money when there's no guarantee that these kids are going to produce." Exactly. And I think that there needs to be caps. Just like there is in baseball, where they have that luxury tax. Like you can spend more on a player, but if you do, you're going to pay a premium to the league, so it can then go to the less fortunate clubs that don't have that kind of money, right? So that they can bolster their rosters, and I because it, it's going to become an arms race, and it already is. So the haves are already going to have Texas, Texas A&M, Alabama, Georgia. USC, UCLA, Notre Dame, all those teams that have very, very wealthy alumni, they're going to dig into those pockets and they're going to shell out that NIL money for these kids to recruit them. And you're never going to see the likes of an Arkansas winning a national championship ever again. And that, to me, that makes it a little bit unfair, too. Well, how do you think? Or even, even a Minnesota. How do you think this this uh, playoff system was going to end up? Uh, you think it's going to give everybody more of an even chance to play for the uh, national championship? No, it just it just arms the universities 
with more money in this arms race. Because four wasn't good enough, and they knew that. But they wanted to see the appetite. So now it went from four to 12, when, which I thought it should have went from four to six. But all they did was take that six and double it, because you, you had the first two with a buy. So now you have the first four with a buy. Six on each side playing their way right. in. And, and, the, and the money is going to come from the TV rights. And we're the ones producing all of that because we keep watching it because we get excited about it. And there are podcasts upon podcasts out there that are making money because of that. Oh, yeah. And it's getting so now it, you don't see much on regular TV. you got to subscribe to all these other different yeah. apps to get the games. And the podcasts are becoming so popular that they now have subscription services for people to go behind the scenes and get extra content that the normal person can't get for free. Yep. That's, I, I, I like to follow the Alabama softball team. I like, well, softball period, but I like the particular Alabama. So I, I've got to subscribe. I already did to Tide 100 so I can listen to the games on the radio because then I'm going to be televised unless they are playing somebody that's going to bring in some dope for that network. I agree. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not a naysayer on college football or getting these kids money or any of that. I'm not, I'm not against it. I'm just saying that there are going to be programs and teams that are going to exploit this. And there's going to be teams that are going to be less than that'll never be as. Yeah. My only downside of that, because I'm all for these kids getting what they can get. And, you know, it's all about business these days. Or anymore, it is. But, but there's a lot of players who are playing on those teams that are really contributing to their success, but they're not getting any recognition. They're not getting any of the money because they're on the lower end of that spectrum. And that's kind of unfair in some respect. If I'm number 24, 24th player on the team and I'm on that practice squad and I'm making you better because I'm doing what the other teams will be doing and you're learning from that. But I should be getting some of that recognition. I should be getting some of that money too, even though I may not have the talent that you have or that somebody sees that talent. So I think it's kind of from that perspective, it's going to be a little bit unfair and not just in all sports, not, not just, it's true, but you know what? That that kid that is on the practice squad, if they were a big fish where they came from, they can go back home and see if they can get, you know, a couple hundred dollars here, a couple hundred dollars there for some endorsement deals. Yeah. I mean, they, they can get out there and hustle for that, too. Yeah, that's true, but the odds are, chances are, a lot slimmer for them. Yeah, because you know, uh, they don't have the name brand, they don't have that image. Yeah. You know. Hey, you so, know what we ought to do? We ought to raise some money and give an NIL deal to one of the football players to advertise for our podcast. There, there you go. There you go. That's a good idea. Yeah, you're starting to see that. There's a law firm here in San Antonio that has a lot of the uh, UTSA players. 
There's also a law firm here in San Antonio. Um, uh, what's his name? Jeff Davis. Yep. This was, yeah. This, this is, I think, Despot Law Firm. I think that's the name of it or something like that. But there's, there's several of the players, you know, like this. Nobody in particular by name, but just. So. Yeah, it's Jeff Davis. The fours. He's always like, what number are you going to call? The fours. Yeah. He's obviously an alumni of uh, UT because he he did a sponsorship deal with uh, Quinn Ewers, the quarterback for Texas. Right, and I've seen him on the commercials. Yep, I'm all I'm all for him if uh, if they can make their lives better. I just hope they'll use I, it. I am too. I just hope they'll use it and uh, to make their lives better, and not waste it, throw it away. So many of these you know players now going into to the next level of life, not really sure how to manage uh, the fame and the money. So, I hear you. Yeah. But anyway, I watched Alabama basketball last night. They played uh, Mississippi State. Halftime, oh, yeah. it was like, halftime, it was like two points. I, I don't remember. I, I think we were leading by two. <laughs> they come back at second half. At one point, they were leading by 41 points. They end up winning by 32 or 34. But it, it kind of got out of hand for a while there because he's letting all the other players on the bench in. And instead of playing as a team, they start playing as individuals. And you can see the points drop down. And then they, they got it back together. So it was kind of fun watching that. Hey, I got something important to tell you. I um, I, I know when we first started the podcast, there's been a couple of years now, I told you that I had signed this up on all the socials, right? Uh-huh. Uh, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, now X, Facebook. We got all the socials. Well, the one social that I didn't have a lot of uh, knowledge in was called Twitch.tv. A lot of gamers use Twitch. They stream their, their games while they're playing live or against somebody. And they stream it. And there's a lot of viewers and whatnot that watch the streams. And I had signed us up to stream. But at some point, the rules with streaming had changed because we didn't have enough followers or whatever. Long story short, I still had everything set up. And I saw an email on our Two Old Farts email from Outlook. And it was from Twitch. And I just opened it up and looked at it. Our last episode was the first one that's ever aired on Twitch. So now, and I'm on the uh, dashboard for Twitch TV on our Two Old Farts 210 uh, stream manager. And the reason I had to do 210 is because somebody here on Twitch already has the Two Old Farts. So I did the Two Old Farts 210 because we live in the 210, the Erico 210. So right now, we are streaming live on Twitch TV. All right, that's that's good news. We have, I don't think anybody watching, <laughs> and nobody <laughs> is chatting because I'm looking at it right now. But uh, we're streaming live. This is our second live stream on Twitch. That is good news. How many downloads we had? We're over thirty two hundred. Um, okay, thirty two oh nine. In the last thirty days, we've had sixty six. The numbers aren't as great as they could have been and, and could be because, frankly, I've been slacking at the beginning of the new year. We've been doing one every couple of weeks. 
we got to get after it and, and get at least once a week. But we had one yesterday. We had uh, 24 in the last seven days. So we're at 32. All of the five for this month have come either from Texas or Florida. Okay. But in January, again, we had a pretty good um, international download. We had internationally five from Turkey. One from Australia and one from Spain. We haven't had Canada in a couple of months. I don't know if we pissed those Canadians off or what, man. I don't know what's going on with the Canadians. Come back, Canada. We miss yeah. you. Yeah. They're probably watching the, the hockey teams now. I'm not sure. Yeah, exactly. they're probably watching hockey. Yeah. But... Uh... So we just went over 30 minutes right now. And like I said, we're streaming live on Twitch. I need to set it up to where we can maybe also live stream on Facebook and um, YouTube. I got to okay. see how we can do that as well. I think to do it on Twitter, I think you have to pay and, and go Twitter. What did I just do there? Okay. Before we leave, though, I want to give a shout out to our DAV Commander Collins. He's hopefully going home today. Uh, they expect him to go home from his surgery. He's he's doing well, so okay. Keep him in our prayers and he continues to recover well. So I don't know what happened there. We had some uh, echo going on right there. Maybe it must have been from the twitch. Yeah, probably moving around in my chair. You know, there's <laughs> <laughs> probably old bones clicking or something here. So anyway. You have a good one. We we don't want any Carolyn be sending me an email saying, hey, you're going too long. Nope, nope. <laughs> and we we got to figure out somebody or a couple people to maybe start doing some interviews with. Maybe that'll drum up some business. Did you ever reach out to that one guy that you talked to me about that was in the music? I forgot his name now. Uh, Jay Nanda? No, I haven't emailed yeah. him yet. Yeah, he, he writes and interviews a lot of the the national touring bands that come through San Antonio. He gets a lot of interviews with them and photos and whatnot. I think he'd be interesting, an uh, interesting person to interview. And I've also thought about my old high school friend, um, Emilio, who plays music. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's, his band, they've opened up for some of the national touring artists that have come through here to San Antonio. Well, have you got your tickets for the October 25th Sting and uh, Billy Joel concert? I was. I asked Brenda, and she said she was not all that interested in it. We had just seen Sting just a few months okay. ago in Austin. Okay. And we had seen Billy Joel just a few years before that. And just a few years before we had seen Billy Joel, we had just seen Sting. So she's not all that interested, just primarily because it's the Alamo Dome. She said it's not a very intimate place to go see somebody. No, I, I agree with that. I, I'm not sure how the acoustics would be. In, in, uh... No, the acoustics are fine. I mean, but when we were at Sting, we were sitting on the side of the stage, but we were like four or five rows back. We were pretty dang hmm. close. I mean, like, we could see Sting very, very well. You, but... you get to Alamo Dome, and, you know, you're going to be back there. That's and, good, you know, when they're, when they're about yay big, yeah. Yes. Well, it's a big draw for the city. So it is a huge draw for the city. Yeah. So 
So it's going to be good. All right. Well, give everybody a big shout out and a big hug. And we'll have to get this thing going again next week. Yes, sir. Is next weekend the weekend before the Super Bowl or is next weekend the Super Bowl? Next no, week, it's the 11th. Next, yeah, next weekend is the Super Bowl. Holy crap, you're right. The 11th is the Super Bowl. We yep. may have to move it up a day. Yeah, we can do it on Saturday and talk about it and see how it goes and see how you 49ers do. Yes, sir. Hey, and you know what? Speaking of the socials, you need to get in there and start posting on the socials. You have the you have the account information to get in there. Yeah, I know. I just got to get off my dead butt and start doing it. So why so, don't you get in there? Do some of that goofy dad stuff that you do, <laughs> you know? Some of that crazy stuff we used to do, right? Yeah, you know, shameless pleas and plugs to, you know, get people to like and listen, you know, and share. So, yeah, you say it, but you won't. Well, we'll see. No, yeah, we'll I, see. <laughs> hey, all you children out there, what does we'll see mean when your mom or dad says we'll see? You know, damn good well, we, we'll see means no. No, it doesn't. No, it yeah, doesn't. It does. when, when your parents say we'll see, that means no. Now, how, many, how many times did I tell you that and we didn't do something? A lot. <laughs> no. I think that's going to be the title of this podcast episode. Hang on. Let me write that down. When right. parents well, say, we'll see. We'll see. I All think right. that's the podcast episode right there, buddy. Sounds good. All, All right. right. We'll see you Love next you time. Y'all right, take too. care. Be Bye, good. everybody. Y'all have a good week. You too. Happy Super Bowl week. And roll Bye. tide. Roll tide.